Howdy, and welcome to another episode of the FPL Jingle. Uh, as you can probably tell from the outset, uh, this is not Owen talking, uh, this is Stephen. Uh, Owen has decided to take another holiday, uh, first one of the year of what is probably going to be, well, let's see, there's 52 weeks in the year, so he's probably going to take about 50 holidays, because the man never works, and seems to get away with it, and I hate him, and life isn't fair. But anyway, we digress. Um I've decided to bring on a recurring special guest to co-host this episode with me, uh, Stephen Lyons. How are you doing this fine evening? I'm good, Steve. Always nice to come on. And yeah, I, I imagine there'll be plenty more uh, guest host appearances uh, in the future with the Jet Setting Commissioner. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Like, uh, it's actually, I'm just kind of doing little tryouts to see who I want to get in to replace Owen. Like, uh, Owen started the pod, but I'm kind of just usurping him now and I, I'm taking over. So, these are all like kind of little tryouts. The pod is beyond Commissioner Realm. He, he doesn't hold power here. No, no, exactly. He holds power over the league, but that's where I draw the line. So, uh, yeah, he, he. I'm sure he's off enjoying the slopes. I think it's in... Uh, is it on? Uh, I fuck it. I can't remember. I think it's in that place between Spain and France. I can't remember where. Oh, yeah, Andorra. So, yeah. Fuck him anyway. Yeah, I think Andorra. I think it's Andorra, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So anyway, let's let's move on, and we'll give Owen a plenty ba- plenty bashing as we make our way through the pod. I'm absolutely sure. So, um, how how are things with you, Steve? Any any news going on with you this week? Uh, no real big news just been uh at home for a bit oh, nice to spend some time with the, the family and the dog big shout out to nico um, and um much love much love and speaking of home i'm gonna have a new one fairly soon do you hear that steve oh actually you do i did i was actually hoping you would bring it up so i wouldn't have to you're you're gonna you and thomas are gonna be moving into 127 glenside and keeping keeping the the tradition going yeah, I, I think that was some real shrewd January business from you. It's, it's a tough window to get business done, so to get in two proven fantasy players, uh, kudos to you. I'm honestly just waiting for the call from Arsenal to take over for Edu because I think I have signed the best January f- uh, free agents uh, this so far. Like, I mean, there's not even a deal that comes close to it in my mind. I mean, they got Aston Villa got Philip Coutinho on loan, but I mean that doesn't pale in comparison to getting you and you and Thomas in. So I'm, I'm delighted about that now, and just uh, just got the medicals to do tomorrow, and then uh, whoa, whoa, everything whoa, else should whoa, be whoa. should be gravy after no that. No one told me about no medical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. They're they're the medicals are been they're not they're adjusted medicals. I know your I know your medical history, Steve. So don't worry about that. You'll, I'll make sure you'll pass. I was going to be embarrassed on Sky Sports News for not passing my medical there. No, oh, that always reminds me of the funny story of the guy who started that Turk that rumor that the Turkish strikers uh, Yerdas Selzavan <laughs> yeah. was signing for Aberdeen. When you just read it out, it was Yerdas Selzavan. I fucking loved that. It was a great bit. Um, just showing how Sky Sports are kind of just shams that rely on Twitter and Reddit like the rest of us. Um, but we'll move on anyway, and we'll, and we'll move get in. a bit of a, get a bit of a look here at the fic. Yes, <laughs> nice. And we'll have a look at the uh, fixtures from this weekend. Now, I, I should put a, a little bit of an asterisk beside this by saying that these fixtures haven't been finalised just yet because there's like a two-week winter break and then there's the the Burnley-Watford uh, game to be played, which is just idiotic, why they couldn't just play during this week and then move on and have the break is, is another thing. But anyway, so... Um, we have myself against John. Uh, that game is pretty much finished. I've I've won forty six to thirty. Uh, I have Connor Skeen and Annie Harrington third ten point gap. Uh, and Connor's basically won because Dennis has been suspended for Andy. Um, there's a very close game between Cahill and Thomas. Thomas is up one point thirty eight to thirty seven with Samir to play. So Thomas has more or less kind of won that game, bar like some sort of sending off or something, some sort of miracle from Cahill Connolly's side. Uh, Mark Gary has a three-point lead over. I think you do because you you forget it was reality. <laughs> so I really try and repress that memory as much as I can, Steve. Uh, Mark Gary has a three-point lead over Cahill, uh, Connell, uh, thirty-seven thirty-four. Mark has Cathcart to play, so. 
barring something mad from Cathcart as well, Mark should be winning that fixture. Um, Mark, I actually think um, Mark, Mark actually only has should only have thirty four. I think his sub came in for Cathcart, even though Cathcart still might play. Just an interesting. Yeah, well, I think. Tidbit, I yeah, think. actually, that's true. So we'll see. I think Owen accidentally um, set the subs, not knowing that the game week wasn't over because he's an idiot. And uh, so that might actually be subject to change a little bit if Cathcart does play, but we'll see. Uh, Mark Lossie has a, a four point lead over Owen Dillon, 31 to 27. Owen has Josh King to play. So, uh, but Mark should get a sub in for Luke Shaw, uh, provided he set his subs. So you'd you'd think Mark would be safe enough there. Uh, Gary has beaten the 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 baddie known as Paddy, uh, thirty eight to twenty eight, which you loved absolutely loved to see, especially me who's kind of in the preface around those playoff spots. So that was a big big result for me. Um, it was never even close. Gary betting from. Uh, all the way through the week. No, oh, pillar to post. Yeah, there was no real, there was no hope. the t- The ten points is kind of the ten point gap that Paddy managed to claw back was kind of in garbage time. Like it was, the result was already done at that stage. Really, um, Owen has a two point lead over Porik going into the final game, but Porik has King to play. So unless King gets a card or sent off, uh, it's looking like it's going to be a draw. But if King scores, obviously Porter could probably get the wins, which means like obviously Owen would lose, which I'd I'd also love to see because, uh, like why wouldn't I? <laughs> so uh, I don't think that yeah, needs yeah, as if it doesn't need any further explanation. Um, uh, you have a forty-point draw with Mitch going on at the moment, <clears throat> but you have yep. Foster still to play, so we'll kind of get onto that in a little bit. Uh, once we kind of go through our individual matchups, and then um, Tyg has a win over Ray Foley, forty points to twenty nine. Tyg on a little bit of a winning streak now. I think that's uh, three games in a row from at this point. Yeah, it's it's nice to see for him personally to get those wins, but um, like it does disturb the balance of the table. He's he's out of thirteen. He's loose. And he's going to cause someone harm, maybe himself. <laughs> yeah, I think just talking to him there when we were watching some of the NFL, he's like he's uh, he's pretty much given up on any sort of like um, playoff aspirations. He's just trying to get as high up in the table as he can to try and make some sort of like. Obviously, because we have tiered playoff systems, he's trying to get into that like that next bracket of playoffs. So that's good to see. Um, is there any result that kind of you're surprised about, Steve? I I don't know. Like I, I feel like the uh, the Gary over Paddy one is probably the most obvious. Yeah, but that one did, does stick out. Um, see, then a couple of the, you know the other results that might have been surprises aren't fully kind of wrapped up. You know, we could have a draw when between Park and Owen, and similarly, I think Thomas beating Paul would be. A tiny bit of an upset just because of how good uh, Carl has been the past um, couple of months. But yeah, Thomas has also always been a steady player this season. Um, yeah, Thomas has done all right in his first season, definitely. Um, probably thought he'd be... I, uh, anytime I look at his results, he seems to be doing well. So I always think he's probably a little bit higher in the table than he actually is. So, um, But like I said, those, those results are kind of subject to change with that Wofford game. But... Most of them look like they're done, so bar something crazy from Wofford, um, who you never know now. They but like they've got they've got a good old Woy uh, in to take over from Ranieri, who was sacked after uh, losing that game to Norwich three nil. Um, no surprise there to hear Wofford sacking a manager, but a bit of a surprise to hear uh, Roy coming out of retirement uh, to to manage a side like that. I thought it was actually more surprising that Wofford went for. St- literally like the most steady manager they could possibly find it's just out of character for them mm-hmm. yeah yeah so look we, we might uh we might have a look at the projected or the standings or the potentially projected standings so like obviously own with uh based on how that result goes with the the draw or the loss i think he's going to go into to he's either going to stay first or second because you're kind of in a similar boat with uh, with your draw against Mitch, and then if you Foster comes in, you'll probably you'll get the win. Um, Connell looks like he's going to go to about fifth with Mark. Uh, direct swap with him and him and Mark. Mark going to third. Uh, Connell going to fifth. 
Paddy looks like he's going to drop to sixth. And then my win looks like it's going to take me into fourth, back into the playoff spots. Which, considering I was seventh, I, I just, I don't know, i kind of given up all hope. But um, a, a, a really big win against Owen last week, and then and, and then a follow-up against John has really kind of bounced bounce back big time. Um, very happy with that. Um, Horik looks like... to show how tight it is. It's, sorry, that how tight it is in that middle section. That like you know, like oh, Jesus, oh, only seventh, and look, and then boom, back into top four like that. Oh, Jesus, rubbing ours tight, like you know, poor it then depending on how that result goes against Owen, will either kind of stay in seventh, or he might even, he might even overtake Paddy and go into to sixth, and Paddy might drop to seventh. So, still all to all to kind of play for. Cahill looks like he's going to hover around ninth, kind of I think, regardless. Uh, Connor Skeen looks like he's going to go up to like seventh, maybe or eighth, maybe. Actually, no, he's probably going to go to eighth and overtake Cahill. Uh, Mitch is probably going to stay around tenth. John's probably going to stay around twelfth. <laughs> Tyg looks like he's going to overtake John and go into eleventh. Uh, Mark Lossie looks like he's going to stay in thirteenth, and same with Thomas in fourteenth, Ray in fifteenth, Andy in sixteenth. But then in a shocking turn of events, it looks like Gary is going to somehow manage to get himself off the bottom floor of the table and climb up into 17th. Uh, he's put in, he's put in some, a great few performances in the last few weeks, so it's probably probably deserved. Um, yes, yeah, so that's kind of the projected table as things stand at the moment. Um, be nice to see... Uh, a, a, oh, be nice to see you uh, out in a definitive lead so Owen can stop saying that he's first even though he's not he's tied for first and then he's actually second but uh, yeah we'll, we'll see if I can I, I'm hoping to try and stay in around fourth and uh, get that playoff spot but there's still a lot of matches to be played between now and then so we'll uh, we'll just kind of go quickly then through our, our matchups that we have this week so I was playing John Scanlon and uh, I have to say that I was feeling very nervous after the uh, after after the Saturday games because John had pretty much all his players playing on a Saturday, and he had Lucas Dean in the first game getting a clean sheet and a, and, a, and an assist for nine points. So I was thinking, oh, that's a terrible start. <laughs> and then he had uh, Semedo in the uh, in the uh, in the Brentford game who got an assist and was looking like he was going to get a clean sheet. And I was thinking, oh God, it's, <laughs> it's all gone wrong. Um, and then he also had um, Phil Foden and Jack Grealish against Southampton. I was thinking, well, they're going to do some do some damage, but uh, it, it kind of it, 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 he kind of topped out really. So he got Melier for two, he got Trent for two, Smedo for five, Dinier for nine, Reese James he has in his starting lineup who just is not going to play. Uh, so I don't know why. <laughs> Coutinho for three points. He only got a clean sheet point. Rafinha for two, Foden for two, Grealish for two, Ronaldo for two, Adama Traore for one, and uh, off the bench to take over for Salah, who obviously was at the AFCON and wasn't playing, so, um, you know, it wasn't that high score in a week this week, but, uh, but like, I, th- I thought I was in a little bit of trouble here, but uh, it ended up <clears throat> um, not not costing me too much because my, my defence and my goalkeeper really bailed me out in this one. So I ha- I had Ramsdale for six against Burnley, Cancelo for two, uh, Thiago Silva for a clean sheet and a goal for eleven, which was nice. I also picked up Gabriel for six points, which is great. Um, Matip for two, Robertson for eight, Bowen for two, Madison for two, Maxman for two, Smith Rowe for three, and Josh King for two. So, may- really, my my defense doing the heavy lifting there. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, Sunday really turned it around for you there with what just the. Was it thirty nine points or twenty nine points from your defenders, excluding the ones who didn't get clean sheets? Yeah, yeah, like it's it was ridiculous. I think after the after the Saturday, I think I had like uh, I think John was on something like twenty something, and I was on like eight or something. I was like I was like a eleven twelve point gap or something, if not more. So that's kind of where I was a little bit nervous, and then. Oh jeez, I couldn't even uh, I couldn't I could couldn't even watch the Liverpool game because I was so. Uh, I was riding. I was riding on that 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 fixture, which ended up obviously they conceded, but Robertson got the two assists, which was massive. So that was that was great, and then obviously Thiago Silva and, and bailing me out. So um, always happy to to get a, John, a win over John because he's he can be a, a ridiculously high scorer on his day. So um, I was kind of a bit lucky. I caught him on an off day, especially when he has in uh, Reese James in his side who's injured and Salah who's away at the Afcon. 
but I would have had Salah anyway, so it kind of would have cancelled each other out. But yeah, so. John can be very explosive with that team, so yeah, you don't you, you can beat anyone on any given week, so to have some bit of comfort come ahead at Chelsea Spurs game was nice for you. Yeah, yeah. So we might move on, Steve, and I'll, and I'll let you talk through your matchup against Mitch here. It's it's a it's a really yeah, tight one. Um, I felt that my start of the week was very very kind of mixed because I I am um, on the Friday night. I'd made the bold gamble of bringing in Ben Foster to offer the keeper. Uh, then he obviously ended up having COVID, so he didn't play. So immediately didn't have the whole reason I brought him in is the double game week. Uh, but then I got a it turned around in that twelve thirty Saturday kickoff. Um, Aston Villa gets Everton a nice tight kind of game, but um, just before half time, uh, I had Lucas Dina cross it into Emmy Buendia, both in my team, so that was my assist and a goal, all wrapped in one. I did leap out, up out of my chair, I don't care that much about fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh, I love to see it. Then I also had Danny Ings on my bench, uh, who didn't get the start. Uh, for Villa and also came on to get a yellow card and uh, he ended up coming in for Tommy Yasu because Tommy Yasu re-aggravated uh, his kind of calf injury playing the full 90 against Liverpool in the League Cup and mm. then on Saturday I also had uh, Antonio against Man United and he didn't return he's kind of cooled off from his uh, early season form but that was always and that bound to happen. I think they're a very good player. Yeah, Watford, or, or sorry, not Watford, West Ham are kind of like uh, a team by committee. There's no one out- outstanding goal scorer at the moment. Everyone's just trying, everyone's kind of pitching in. Like, But like, obviously Antonio is the main man, but like you have Bowen chipping in, Fornals and other players uh, chipping in with goals when Antonio was kind of a bit off the boil. Yeah, no, it's very kind of David Moyes uh, in terms of yeah, the attack. In a good sense, I can see how some people like David Moore. Uh, but continuing with my own team, again, I had three Clamty knots there against Leicester. So he came on and got uh, one point. Um, obviously, he does, he's kind of been getting rotated a bit just because he's going back from that long term injury. But I just think he's such an explosive, fun player when he's out there. It's tough to drop him. Yeah, yeah. Then, aside, uh, then actually, in on the Sunday games, I also had Van Dyke score early against Palace, but unfortunately, Andy Robertson was on the corner in Mitch's team. So, oh, oh, you know, it's always nice to get a defender goal, and it was a three-point swing, but that was uh, quickly uh, eaten up by another Robertson assist to Oxley Chamberlain. Um, mm. Then in Mitch's own team, he kind of. Got a couple of clean sheets. He had Alex Tellers get a clean sheet. Martin has get a clean sheet. Um, and then you got Ben White for, with an Arsenal clean sheet, which I'd hope to get with Tommy Asu. Then we both didn't get too much from midfield, aside from that Wendia goal I mentioned. Rafinha and Harrison cancelled out with two points each. Same with uh, Foden and my team and Madison for him. Uh, and then also... Lacazette didn't return for him. Uh, I actually kind of felt I was going to lose the, or was in a losing position, and then Yata got that very lucky bar penalty. Uh, so Fabinho converting that meant he got an assist and gave me hope. Yeah, uh, we'll then, we'll talk about that later on in the in the pod. But like, I just that was like, oh god! Once I saw the replays, I could not believe that it was given as a penalty. There's no way that that's a penalty. You know, I looked away to like my phone for like a second after like seeing it live. So like, you know, I just want to get on. I was waiting for a goal kick here, and then just looked up and I was like checking there. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. What uh, <laughs> wasn't complaining not to check when I saw it, you know when it was Yata. Um. But that made me very nervous in the Chelsea Spurs game, um, as Mitch had Harry Kane left, and um, again maybe another contentious one was uh, his foul on uh, Thiago Silva in the lead up to his disallowed goal. Um, but yeah, I was very happy to see that decision given. Also, 
um, and with Kane not returning, that led us to 40-40 with Penn Foster left for me, just needing <laughs> to get it up. <laughs> yeah, a lonely yeah. <laughs> point. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what the story is with Ben Foster, whether he's injured or <clears throat> just being uh, taking a break or being left out of the squad. So it'll be interesting to see what he does now that Roy Hodgson's back. But, uh, yeah, just looking at Mitch's team, there was the moment there where Harry Kane had that goal disallowed against Chelsea for the push in the back on Thiago Silva. And, uh, yeah, very, I thought you were a little bit fortunate that that was, that that was ruled off. Um, I think probably on the on on replay just about probably was a foul but uh, yeah it could have very easily stood so um look kind of a lucky break for you there so uh yeah like it, it's 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 been a like i kind of said it's been hasn't been that a high score in a week and it was a it was just a very low score in week in general in the premier league um so it'll be interesting to see now with this extended break does foster come back in and does he start straight away under roy i imagine he probably will probably their best keeper so um but as we know that Watford are, are not very good at keeping clean sheets uh, I don't think they've kept any this season um so we'll have to wait and see what happens there do do because if like you know two goals or well actually no you need four goals to, for, to take away as appearance points so I'd say Foster starts you're more or less more or less guaranteed a win yeah, but still very kind of yeah, needlessly nervous over that because you know I brought him in for appearance appearance points and he might not appear and I don't have a subkeeper. Um, yeah, with Mendy away at the Afcon. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's all it's all to play for still with this uh, with this last game. Um, not only in your game week but in about two or three others. So um, we might move on then, and what we'll do in the next segment, we'll talk about the uh, the, the games that happen at the weekend, as well as a, a potential transfer window uh, wrap-up or, or an update. What do you think, Steve? Sounds good to me. Also, Steve. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Okay, so looking back on last week's game week in the Premier League, game week 22, a quick rundown through the fixtures. Norwich 3, Wofford 0. Wofford also getting a man sent off in Emmanuel Dennis and Ranieri getting the sack after that game, which we mentioned earlier. Roy Hodgson now at the helm. How long that lasts is anyone's guess. Uh, Villa got an away win to Everton, 1-0. Brentford had an away... or Sorry, Brentford had a loss at home to Wolves, 2-1. Newcastle had a vital uh, win away at Leeds, 1-0 with a John Joe Shelby free kick. Uh, Leeds uh, look like they're going to get involved in that relegation battle sooner or later, um, looking at the way uh, Newcastle are spending and that sort of thing. We'll get onto that in a bit. Uh, United got a vital win in the in the race for top four over West Ham, 1-0. Marcus Rashford in injury time, coming off the bench. Uh, Southampton doing a great job to hold City to a 1-1 draw. They got an early goal in the game uh, through a wondrous strike from Kyle Walker-Peters and City equalised in the second half who weren't able to find a winner. Uh, Sunday fixtures then. Liverpool got an uh, away win to Palace uh, 3-1. That's the second game in a row in the Premier League anyway where they managed to score three goals without Salah and Mane. So not doing too bad. Um, Robertson with an assist for Van Dijk and an assist for Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, Jota then winning a controversial penalty and making it three, but Palace obviously scored um, after uh, Liverpool scored their first two, making it two one. But then that that goal sealed the game. Arsenal had a had a boring nil nil against Burnley. Um, Leicester had a a one one against Brighton, and in typical Brighton fashion, they they score they equalised late into the game and just took a took a draw. Like I saw a. I don't know, Steve, if you're seeing anything like this, but I saw a guy who just uh, took the poster for Denzel Washington's movie, The Equalizer, and just put Graham Potter's <laughs> face on it. <clears throat> uh, I hadn't that's, seen that. that but... Oh, it was a great bit of Photoshop, and I think that kind of sums up their season pretty much. And then and the final game of the weekend, Chelsea had a 2-0 win over Spurs. So um, uh, we might we might start there, Steve. Chelsea 2, uh, Spurs 0. Uh, what did you make of this game? Um, it, it like we we've we'd seen it already before. We they had two legs in the Carabao Cup, and for ninety minutes in both, Chelsea uh, dominated and held Spurs to nil. 
and again on Sunday we saw Chelsea for the vast majority of the game just uh, dominate Spurs and again Spurs couldn't score. Um, I bet Chelsea wish they could play Spurs every week because like if it was all this easy they'd have won the league by now. Um, they they've really been struggling against other teams. Whenever they come up against Spurs, they just seem to absolutely know have their number. And, and Tuchel knows exactly what Conte wants to try and do with that squad, and knows how to take advantage of it. Yeah, no, like it really is kind of like a nice break for Chelsea because they had been in a bit of kind of turbulent form, and then to kind of get so many games against kind of their their favorite opposition, uh, not named Norwich. Um, it really kind of it could help give them a lift because they had been kind of they've been going from you know went from favourites for the Premier League to kind of already already even sure of third anymore. Yeah. Um. I I think it's I think it's mad because well not mad but Chelsea are not a good watch. Like I I watched Chelsea in the 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 couple of weeks in the Premier League in the, up to this game and if you're winning games then the way that Chelsea are playing is fine but. <clears throat> to to watch them is not fun and then if you're not getting the results on top of that well that's when the criticism starts to come in so this along with the two-week break kind of came at the perfect time for Chelsea because they probably have a few players out that they want to try and get back fit and like Kante is kind of seems like they bring him on for like 20 or 30 minutes like they kind of did in this game towards the end and like players just aren't fully match fit so this break has probably come at a good time for them. And as well as that, it kind of gives them a bit of momentum with that win over, over Spurs. And like a, a brilliant goal from Ziyech. Um, individual effort outside the box. Top, top ins. Couldn't have placed it any better. And then a uh, ball into the box that Thiago Silva gets his head on. And But like they were a little bit fortunate with Harry Kane. Um, Harry Kane's goal being disallowed for a push in the back on Thiago Silva. Um, but I think even if he had, I think I think Chelsea probably would have would have found a way to win the game. Yeah, no, I I agree with a lot of what you said there in terms of like, yeah, I still think you know, yeah, Chelsea would would have came away from that game with a win, uh, regardless of um, if Kane's goal had stood or not. And yeah, like even though like Chelsea have some very kind of like talented and good players to watch, like Mount and like Ziyech, now that he's finding a bit of form. Are capable of moments of magic, um. Yeah, Chelsea are just overall are a very efficient team. They were very much built on clean sheets and not conceding. And when that's kind of deserted them against teams not spur called Spurs, um, they haven't kind of that's where the results have gone. They, um, they really need someone uh, between <coughs> Werner, Lukaku, and Havertz kind of to put their hand up and be like, I'm should be the focal point of this yeah. team. And that's the then putting my fantasy hat on then like looking at these teams. If you're if you've got Lukaku, you're kind of thinking what do I what do I have in this in this asset? Like what what am I going to get because he's he's done he's done little to nothing so far. Obviously he's been injured and then he had covid and then there was the whole interview thing, but it's just you're just thinking when is this going to turn around and I've been there myself, waiting for a player to turn around that just never does. But then, you, you like the other players you mentioned, uh, Kai Havertz, um, uh, Werner, Pulisic, uh, Ziyech, like, all these lads are kind of prone to rotation, so you're nearly afraid to kind of pick one of them up because then they might not play, like, it's 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 a, it's a bit of an odd one. And then if you're, if you're, if you have any players apart from Harry Kane or Son, I obviously know Son's injured, but like if you don't if you have if you have anyone else in that team like what what are you doing <laughs> like uh, maybe a defender uh, for a for a decent game week but other than that i i don't know what you're doing um as someone who does have lukaku uh yeah i've been at it there that's exactly how i feel he's i i know actually a bit of your experience with this situation comes from jaden sancho who i also mm-hmm. had uh, drafted um, and I'm actually giving Lukaku the original Jaden Sancho treatment, which is benched until further notice. Um, not going to drop him, but uh, he needs to show me something on a football pitch to be like, yeah, I might start him uh, next week. Otherwise, he, I'll just give him the chop. Did it to Sancho. No regrets. <laughs> no regrets. 
<laughs> lovely. So we might move on to the the second game we want to talk about then, which was uh, Palace won Liverpool three. As I mentioned before, you had um, Robertson getting two assists, Van Dijk, uh, Oxley Chamberlain, and Fabinho with the, with the goals. Fabinho from the penalty spot after Jota's controversial penalty, but. Uh, Liverpool not doing too bad without Salah and Mane in the team so far, Steve. Yeah, no, they haven't really um, skipped too much of a, a beat at all, and that's even without kind of necessarily like have, having cemented replacements. You know, it's been Ox on the wing one week or Minamino another, so it really kind of is kind of a credit to Klopp and maybe even the the midfielders that are more regular that um, they've been able to kind of like, you know just keep kind of going as um, they have yeah I think Jota I think Jota being able to play play anywhere across the front three is vital because it means that Bobby can come back into the team and Jota can just move out to the left and they've got the bones of a a starting front three there yeah because just because um, Bobby has kind of been benched by Jota when that uh, front three is fully fit and available like it doesn't diminish how much of a quality player he is not necessarily an out-and-out goal scorer, but, like, he links attacks and, you know, he can bring the best out of other players. And, again, Yacht is a very intelligent forward who can go to any other um, kind of position in the front three. And I think, kind of, he's someone who will understand Firmino and they probably have a, should have a good connection for these few weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly, I agree. And... um the only thing I suppose you'd, you know, the only other thing I could maybe point out of this game is that the the, the Liverpool defense, um, they were a little bit fortunate in this game. Like uh, there was definitely a couple of times where Allison bailed them out. There was a one on one, I think, with uh, Elise that he saved, and then there was a shot from it might have been Elise again where he tipped it over the bar because uh, he's a bit flat footed, but they're not as sure at the back as they were last year well not even last year back when van dyke was fully fit and i know there's there's been a few rumblings and maybe van dyke still is a maybe just just a half yard off the pace and not back to it yet and that kind of tracks because they're that in the if if palace were able to take their chances a bit better in this game liverpool could have been in real excuse me real trouble yeah, no, as we were saying, the Liverpool attack looked good. The Palace attack looked equally good. It was kind of a, a topsy-turvy game mm. um, at points. And um, in particular, Michael Elise was um, a very threatening heat, um, which is you know no easy task against Andy Robertson, but he was causing Robertson a lot of trouble and creating a lot of chances. Um, he had to cross as well that like Conor Gallagher should have um, nodded in from about six yards. Um, so yeah, Palace with no shortage of um, chances created, but um, I suppose kind of the story of their uh, past four or five years is that they don't have a goal scorer. Um, I, I, think, kinda... I think that's starting to turn around though. I think Edward will, will be good. I think we've already seen glimpses of what he can do in the league, and I think just give him a run of games, I think you'll see it. I think... You know, once you have uh, Eberichi Eze back, you've got uh, Eze, you've got Elise, you've got Edward, you've got Zaha. Like, there's there's the bones of a of a really good attack there. Oh yeah, no, there definitely is. Um, but I think a lot of it is just it's with the young talent. So they kind of, I suppose they don't have a proven goal scorer yet. Mm. But yeah, Edward and kind of just that attacking unit as a whole is showing um, a lot of promise. Yeah, so there there's. To, to I suppose relate it back to fantasy I suppose uh, Liverpool not doing too bad potentially an asset worth picking up in Bobby if he isn't already picked up in some leagues at least until the lads get back from AFCON um, maybe the Ox just purely because he's kind of playing on that right wing slot at the moment um, and like we like me and Owen have been saying for weeks in the pod like Palace attackers are, are looking pretty good like so if if you're if you're looking for a, a fourth option or a fifth option in midfield, like there's definitely worse worse options to have. Um, so we'll move on from a game that was was known for its attacking flair to a game that was completely <laughs> devoid of it. And when I say that, I'm talking about Arsenal nil, Burnley nil, uh, in a game where Arsenal were under a bit of pressure. They hadn't won uh, in a while. Um, they hadn't scored a goal since the game against Man City at New Year's Day, and they completely shit the bed. Um, a nil nil against Burnley. I know Burnley are going to sit back the two blocks of four, but 
you you figure Arsenal have enough to go and break them down. I know that they're missing some players through kind of injury or suspension or COVID, and I know the squad isn't at its optimum. I mean, if you looked at the bench uh, during for this game, it was basically all academy players, but. Uh, really kind of disappointed with this result. Um, I thought we kind of reverted to to our old style of uh, passing the ball around and then giving it to Tierney and hoping hoping he does something. Yeah, no, I very much felt like we were transported back to basically this time last season. Yeah, where we could yeah maybe hold possession, have like pressure, but there's no real threat to it. It's just possession for possession's sake, and mm. there was just no no um cutting edge from Arsenal they could be playing that game still right now and it'd be nil <laughs> yeah I think that um, I think their best chance was probably from the corner uh, Odegaard played a a set piece from a corner uh, along the ground into Smith Rowe who had a shot um well saved by uh Nick Pope and I think kind of that that was about it other than that like I don't remember Lacazette having any sort of decent chance and I think uh, especially with Aubameyang now looking like he's out the door Lacazette's on uh, the last six months of his contract so is Eddie and Ketia I think the striker situation in Arsenal is, some, is, a, is a big one um, and I know that they were potentially hoping to look in solve at this January transfer window and I know Steve you were holding out hope for Dusan Vlavic to sign but I just don't think that's going to happen yeah, no, it's looking very much like he's on his way to Juve. Yeah. Um, I did the scouting report on him. I, I did watch three Fiorentina matches in the past month. Oh, um, no. I should, I shouldn't have done that because yeah, that uh, that's made me very much more disappointed. He, he's a fucking player. Yeah, yeah. There's well, there's a <laughs> um, reason he there's a reason he kind of didn't really want to talk to Arsenal when they came calling because he knew that there were bigger teams around. I think he said he he, he pretty much kind of put out the that he wanted to stay in Serie A and that kind of basically meant either Juve or Inter were going to go for him and it ended up being Juve and they've worked out a deal for I think around 70 million euros. So um what super league <laughs> you know like all these clubs all the clubs like Juve and Real Madrid and Barca that were saying they they're still involved in the super league like I don't know. It's a load of rubbish anyway, but kind of to get back to Arsenal I think um, if you have players like Saka or um, Smith Rowe for me or uh, Odegaard, Martinelli. Or, yeah, Martinelli, you're go- you're gonna hold on to them because they're they're still gonna start, and Arsenal will score goals one way or another, and those lads are usually at the heart of it. But you're definitely kind of thinking, where is the next striker gonna come from? Because I don't know if Lacazette's gonna be the consistent goal scorer we need, especially in this fight for the top four. Yeah, no, I don't. He's a, he's a good forward, but kind of yeah, no, he's never been a prolific goal no, scorer no. at Arsenal. More of a kind of t- does help link it very well. If he gets fifteen but, goals yeah, a season, he's doing well. Yeah, that is exactly that's kind of the peak you're expecting, and even at that, you know, he's what twenty nine, twenty nine, thirty. Yeah. You'd be ha- having to give him a new deal where you're kind of paying him the you're our number one striker kind of money because that's what he would be when he signed the contract. Yeah, um, which I don't think would be good business for Arsenal. We we got caught that way before with um, better players than him, even. Um, so yeah, it's a very, very much up in the air future for um, Arsenal forwards, and it's 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 kind of a even more worrying that yeah, there's no real sign that's going to get solved this January with um, kind of the eggs in the Vlahovic basket, and there are no bottom in the basket. Well, well, you, you've actually teed me up lovely, Steve, because the next thing we are going to talk about is, is some of the January transfers or rumoured transfers uh, for the Premier League uh, in terms of fantasy and who might be worth picking up and, and what we think of uh, certain potential transfers. And uh, <clears throat> just going in alphabetical order, I think there's a the, the place to start is probably Aston Villa. They managed to get Philip Coutinho in on loan. And they signed Lucas Dina on a permanent deal, which so far is a great bit of business for Aston Villa. Um, I, I was a little bit curious when Coutinho came in to see how how they would try and work this, especially with uh, Buendia already being there. But it seems to be doing okay for them. Yeah, no, they very much kind of, or Jordan, to his credit, kind of quickly figured out that um, kind of Watkins and things wasn't a great partnership or wasn't really working prior to signing Coutinho. So kind of Ings has been benched and kind of at the duo of Coutinho and um, Buendia behind uh, the hard-working Watkins has looked 
really looked well for them. And then Lucas Dinia has already looked um, a threat from left back. Um, he was someone I kind of felt, obviously he fell out of favour with Benitez, but someone who kind of fallen a bit out of form from the, from what he's capable of. So the second he signed for Villa, I wavered him in. Mm. And um, yeah, I have no regrets with that. He's a very creative um, attacking fullback. Yeah, yeah. I think if you have the chance to pick up either of those teams in your league, it's it's probably worth doing. Um, they're rumoured to be signing Rodrigo Bentecourt from uh, Juve, um, <clears throat> who would probably be a good signing for them, but is more so kind of a holder midfielder. So I'm not sure how much of an asset he's going to be fantasy-wise. Um, just uh, just to touch on uh, a few transfers, rumours and clubs, uh, we, we think uh, Ericsson is potentially rumoured to go to Brentford on a six-month contract. He's currently training with the Ajax squad at the moment. Whether it'll happen or not, I'm not sure. But if he does, uh, he'd be an interesting player to keep an eye on. Arsenal are rumoured with a few players in, in terms of central midfield. Uh, Arthur from Juve and Douglas Deweese from Aston Villa is a recent one. Don't know if either of those deals will get over the line. Um, I'd be surprised if I'm honest, especially the Arthur one seems to be kind of getting further and further away. And then, as we were talking about the striker there, there's rumours of uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who I don't think it happened to be too expensive. Uh, uh, Alexander Isaac from Sociedad, who we do have a good relationship with, but I don't know if he'd go at uh, this point in the season. And then there was uh, Jonathan David from Lille. Lille obviously won the league last season, but um be interesting to see what they would do. He's still quite young in his career. Um, the next side I think we wanted to talk about, Steve, was Burnley. And I, <laughs> I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive wanting to talk about Burnley, but big old bore and Burnley, but they're they're kind of making a few moves. Like they, they picked up Cornet uh, last summer and they've lost Chris Wood, obviously, but they look like they're going to sign a, a winger from Zagreb called Orsic, who have you actually seen? And they've they uh, they've just seen that they placed a bid for a striker from Wolfsburg, Weghurst, who who's a, a Dutch national player. Yeah, no, um, I saw Orsic over a couple of legs against Spurs in the Europa League uh, last season, and in the second leg, he scored a very, a very good hat trick. All very uh, three goals, very good. Um, from like a, a neutral perspective, but I wasn't neutral, and it was great to see Spurs get knocked out. Um, <laughs> I haven't. I, I've seen the a, a, a tiny bit of Eckers from when there was no other football on mm. but Bundesliga. Um, yeah, he's a he's a typical uh, target man up top and win headers and knockdowns for the players in and around him. So he's going to fit Sean Dyche to a T pretty much, almost like a direct replacement for Chris Wood. Really, he's a he's a bigger version of that. He's a big man's big man. He's he's six uh, six foot yeah, six, but he's, he's he's not um yeah he is. He can actually move a bit as well. He's not. Well, I'm not saying he's pacey, but like um, you're not talking about kind of Giroud up there where it's you know he's not going to get off the mark. Uh, in terms of acceleration, well, we'll see when you want, when you put on a Burnley shirt, it automatically takes ten pace off of your stats. So we'll see. That just really shows how um, quick Corne is. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, like it's like when he has the ankle weights in in Dragon Ball, and then he <laughs> didn't know he was wearing them the whole time. Um, moving on then to the next one, um, there's obviously rumors from other teams like you know Man City are signing um, Alvarez from River Plate but sending him back on loan so there's not going to be impacting the league and things like that. Uh, but I think the next one we need to talk to Steve about Steve is Newcastle. Uh, so far they signed Kieran Trippier and Chris Wood. Uh, decent signings in my opinion. I don't really I, I think the Chris Wood one is kind of a transitional one. I don't think he'll be there for that long. Um, they've been linked with Jesse Lingard, but United want a ridiculous amount in the deal. I think it, in total it would it would amount to about fifteen million pounds just to take him on loan. Uh, Diego Carlos was rumored, but uh, Sevilla came out and said that they're not going to sell him. Uh, Badashili was a centre back from Monaco, who they've come out and said that they're not selling. Uh, they put in a bid for the um, backer, who's a left back at Bayer Leverkusen, um, who was supposed to be pretty decent. Um, they've obviously been linked with Deli Ali on loan, um, and then obviously it was Mane Dembele because he's been told like Barca turned around and said that they're not going to offer him a new contract and it's uh it's over. Um, now whether that'll be the case in a few days, let's see. And then, but the the one the most recent one I suppose is the uh, Bruno Gamerish, uh, the kind of attacking midfielder from Leon. Um, it's rumored that they are close to agreeing a fee of about, I think it's like fifty-two million euros plus, including add-ons. 
but uh, they're they're not doing too bad at the moment, Steve. They're kind of getting the the bodies in. That yeah, they need. no, because like um, you said before, this window it kind of it was always going to kind of be um, a tightrope for them to walk between. You know, we're one of the richest clubs in the world that show our ambition, but also signing players that you know are ready for a relegation fight and also able to kind of help move the club forward. So I think kind of like Trippier and Wood is a nice kind of indication of that. Wood, a, a, a solid, dependable Premier League pro, and then Trippier, you know, like he's he's like maybe you would have wished he was a year or two younger, but he's still a quality player, a quality fullback. And then, um, mm. like that, like obviously, yeah, that the money United want for Lingard when he's free in six months' time is um, ridiculous. And um, yep, yeah, I think Backer used to. I think he might have had a loan, or he, I have a feeling he had a little spell at um, uh, PSG, or maybe I'm just uh, or someone with similar. Oh no, I think you're. I no, I think you might be right. I think he was at PSG for a bit, and then he left because of game time. I think you might yeah, be right there, so, but uh, I think the I think the most interesting one of all those signings or potential signings is the Bruno Gamerish one, because he's been a highly touted player for about a season or two now, yeah. and was even linked with uh, potentially linked with Arsenal. So if Newcastle managed to pull this off, it's a massive coup. Now there's probably still a little bit to do in terms of the the deal, but uh, he's said that he rumors now he said that he'd be potentially be open to the move. So. Um, if they can get him in, they've got Maximan Wood. Uh, they've got the two. They did get. They'd have two new fullbacks there. Um, it'd make the side a lot more solid anyway. There, there'd be less of a gap. Yeah, in the and like in fairness, like, they've kind of identified their key positions. I saw like they were linked with James Tarkovsky early on for big money, but like their their centre backs aren't outstanding. But you know, like Cher and Lascelles are decent. They're good. It's just. They've been injured a bit, so like, yeah, I think targeting the Gameras in centre midfield is was definitely a position in need, and then the full back positions were a bit um, weak. So I, and, yeah, yeah. I'll give, give, give credit to Newcastle um, on the footballing side of things. That's good business. I, I think I'll be waiting until the end of the transfer window to decide whether I want to pick up any Newcastle players because I, I do I do have same Maxman at the moment, but. Um, He's a bit of a unicorn in that team. Like he seems to do well despite the the team's results. But uh, if they manage to get like a Camaras in and like maybe a, a centre back uh, along with the the left back backer, I think they're doing really well and they've set themselves up to to give themselves as best a chance as possible of getting out of the the relegation zone. But there's still a fair bit to do and not that much time to do it in as we record. It's the twenty seventh, so they've got just under four days. So, um. We'll move on and talk about one more team uh, in this, which is Wofford. Um, they, they've 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 really shipped the boat out here. Uh, they've uh, signed a, a player, Kayembe, who is the centre midfielder, I believe. Uh, they signed Kamara, who's a left back. They've signed Samir, who's a centre back. They've signed uh, Asparilla, who's kind of a younger, more uh, younger player, and probably not first team, who's a cam. I don't know if Steve, if you if you used him, uh, Nicholas and Kulu, FIFA legend back from Marseille, FIFA legend, FIFA legend, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they signed him as a free agent, and they just recently announced the signing of a 24 year old uh, winger from Bordeaux, uh, Nigerian winger Kalu. So they're, I think at this stage they've got like six Nigerian players in their squad, which is a, a decent number. Yeah, no, it must be like because um, I know a couple of the signers as well is used their kind of relationship with Udinese, so maybe. Yeah, Udinese, Nigeria, you're just big friends of um, the Watford Football Club. Maybe they're all big fans of Elton John, maybe. I think that could be it. Yeah, yeah, they all love Elton John. Excuse me. Um, Yeah, they all love Elton John. And, uh, yeah, like, it'll be interesting now. Like, Hodgson's got, like, a a good few players in. Obviously not players he might not have wanted to sign, but they're they're there now, and that's it. So it'll be interesting to see what he does, how they fit into his four four two that he's almost definitely going to be playing, um, probably with Josh King and Dennis up top. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, in terms of fantasy, probably not as exciting as you would have hoped because we both know Roy Hodgson is very, very, very defensive-minded and that was kind of the case at Palace for years that 
they weren't going to get relegated, but they weren't fun to watch either. Whereas I think they're kind of enjoying life under Vieira when there's a bit more exciting football to be played, even if they do maybe lose a few more games than they did under Hodgson. Um, just to finish us off, maybe on a couple of quick rumours, there's a Spurs are rumoured to be signing uh, Amrabat uh, from Fiorentina, who's a, a wing-back. And uh, they've been linked with Luis Diaz, the striker from Porto, although I don't know how um, solid that uh, rumour is. Um, they were supposed to be signing Adama Traore, who was actually just now agreed a deal to go to Pacta Barca on loan with an option to buy for £35 million. That man's agent needs... Of, of whatever it is, like you double him, double his wages. Like my God, how was he convinced Barcelona that Adama Traore is a Barcelona player? I've never seen a less Barcelona player. Like all he does is run forward. He doesn't pass the ball because he can't. He doesn't know what it means. Yeah, I actually, I hundred um, percent um, agree on that. Um, Traore to Barca move. But I, there was actually, I, I only remembered before coming on the pod that um, like Xavi would have would know Adama Traore. They would have. Uh, like obviously Xavi would have been on the way out, but Adama Troy would have been kind of mm. coming through at Barcelona at that point. So maybe uh, I I don't know I don't know how involved he was with La Masia. Like oh no, but, really but, um, at that stage. Oh no, not in terms of management, but like they, they would have like trained together and stuff. So maybe a bit like Bielsa signing Dan James for Leeds. Maybe he thinks I can hone in, hone him in. I can slow down the pace and get production. <laughs> but yeah, I, he's a. Yeah, I, but I can fix him, Steve. Yeah, it's like yeah. they're all. Everyone else got it wrong. I he's the one for me. I yeah. can do it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. I don't believe it'll yeah. happen. But I think that's the only explanation. Is that Xavi's just like the rest of us and go went, fuck me, he's fast. <laughs> <laughs> My God, he's shiny. You can't coach uh, pace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. The only other one I'd mention then is uh, that Donny van der Beek has been rumoured to Palace, which I'd love to see because I think he's a good footballer and I think he deserves to be playing football instead of sitting on the bench he United for the last season and a half where every manager has told him he's going to get game time and then he proceeds not to do that. Uh, I didn't realise that his girlfriend is actually Dennis... His girlfriend's father is Dennis Burkamp. So he rang, apparently he rang Vieira and said, like, Van de Beek would play for you if given the opportunity. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard the rumours of uh, Donny to Palace first, and then, like like that, I found out later that was um, Agent Dennis uh, doing his son-in-law a favour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, he's he's doing, the, he's doing his, boys support boys, Steve, so you got to let him do what he does. Yeah, no, but it would be, um, it would be nice to see Donny play, Um yeah he has been yeah. shafted yeah so I think those are those are all the, the players that have signed or rumoured to sign as of the 27th of January that'll that'll obviously change between now and the transfer deadline day but just a few players there might be worth keeping an eye out on and, and see how they do so uh, for the last segment Steve we might just move on and talk about our, the, the matchups then for, for game week 23 what do you think? oh yeah 100% Look. let's do that Okay, moving on to now our, our last bit of the podcast. We're just going to have a quick uh, look at a preview for Game Week 23. Uh, I, I, I know that it's a bit early to do that, Steve, but to be honest, there, there's nothing else going on between now and then. I know that there's AFCON going on, but that's not really relevant in terms of the the, the point of this podcast. So, um, Although, can we give um, Eric Bailly um, a shout-out for being oh, a, a, di- a, a dickhead to both of us, actually, because... <laughs> Um, his, yeah. his no step, no look penalty meant Egypt didn't get knocked out, so you didn't get back uh, your Egyptian prince Salah, and it also mm. means he knocked out Corne, so he can come back and potentially score some goals against Ben Foster, and he's apparently his only source of goals. Uh, oh, jeez, I forgot. Yeah, he'll be he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be he can he can play in that game. I forgot that. Oh, I'm very much aware. <laughs> yeah it sounds like you're on top of things anyway <laughs> but uh yeah like uh just to touch on it for two seconds uh i have no idea what eric Bailly was doing he's a complete moron takes a two-step run-up for a penalty shootout to in a in a, in a la- round of last 16 and then does a no-look penalty what the fuck are you t- doing like honest to god are you thick as shit but can you anyway it just it, just, it, it mm. sums him up perfectly as well like 
Yeah, it, it, I like I always like I've said to people before. Uh, Eric Bailly is on a timer of doing mad shit. So if he feels like it's been too long since he's done something mad, he'll just have to do something like. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of what I put that down to. He's just like Charlie Day hopping out the back of the van. He took cut the brakes off. Wild car bitches. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, look, we'll, we'll get onto these uh, matchups. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm playing Mitch. Uh, which is going to be a tough enough week, I think. But I, I think I'm hoping I might be able to pull through. Connell is playing Tyg in a matchup that he's probably expect that he's expected to win. But I imagine Tyg will probably make a bit of bit of a go at it. Uh, Connor is playing Cahill, uh, which would be interesting to see because they're kind of two teams hovering around that mid table area. Uh, <clears throat> and what's potentially the matchup of the weekend? Um, Owen is playing Mark Gary. And that'll be a huge one, I think, in terms of the the playoffs. Yeah. John is playing Porik. Um again, kind of important in terms of playoffs. Mark Clossy is playing Paddy Brennan. Paddy expected to get the win there, probably needs it after his last few losses. Gary is playing Ray in a Leitrim Derby. Do Leitrim have derbies? I don't they know. They do now. They do now. Yeah, exactly. I, I've never been to Leitrim, nor do I ever plan to be, so I wouldn't know. Uh, Steve is playing Andy and what should be a handy fixture for you, Steve. And then touch the last one of the weekend. Yeah, touch wood. Uh, last one of the weekend then is Thomas against Owen Dillon, which is supposedly going to be a tight enough affair, but Thomas is, is looking like he's favoured to come out on that one. So what we might do is we might just have a quick look through our team, Steve. And I know sub teams are subject to change between now and then, but I imagine the bulk of the team is going to be the same. So, so how are you, how are you looking for this one? Yeah, I know I can't see too many waivers. Um, Danny Ings probably due for the the chop uh, with um, kind of losing his spot in the Villa team, but I kind of anticipated that last week, and that's why I brought in Wendy in midfield. Um, mm. I'm hoping that. January delivers a big forward signing because I have number one waiver priority in my league. So yeah, yeah. So it'd be nice to kind of get in a big name there potentially. Um, my goalkeeper position will be rotated. I've been Foster currently, but um, yeah, no, he'll be gone before the next game week. And Mendy is still away at Afcon, and Chelsea don't have a game. Um. I'm not sure if that's... Oh, yeah. Their Club World Cup. Yeah, Club World Cup. Um, So, that'll be subject to change. I I probably won't waver. I'll probably just use a a free agent move on that. Mm, Yeah, that's smart. Um, Yeah. Then at the back, I have Dinya and Van Dyke. Dinya against Leeds, so that's a good fixture. And he'll probably be someone that won't be removed from the team too much because of his um, kind of assist potential from the fullback position. Um, same with Van Dyke, he's set and forget. Um, Emerson Royale, I have as well. They're playing Southampton. Um, I'll see about him, and then I have Tommy Yasu, who was obviously injured during this for this uh, recent game week, but I'll probably keep him against Wolves. And actually, oh, Brighton were probably due to play Chelsea, so they have no game week. So I've I'm I may waver out Lamptey. Um, we'll see how my kind of bench and stuff looks if I can afford to keep him then the rest of my side is fairly kind of nailed on I'm happy with Buendia who I mentioned I wavered in recently then the rest of my midfielders are Foden Rafinha, Saka um, they've all they've all done the business for me and they've tended to spread it out which is always um, nice mm. so that I'm getting points in the weeks I need yeah. then uh, Aside from Ings, my forwards are Antonio, Yata, and Lukaku. Um, yeah, Lukaku again will be gone away, but I was going to be benching him anyway. Um, Yata has been really uh, making up for Lukaku being a bad pick, and uh, same with Antonio. And against he's against Watford as well, which usually you'd assume is going to be, be a good chance of goals, but maybe after a few weeks, Royal have them looking a bit more solid. Yeah, yeah, you'd imagine well, yeah, so. <clears throat> But yeah, I don't think there'll be too much um, change, really. Kind of, I'm happy with the majority of the squad, and then there's kind of room for a game week move um, here or there. How are you looking yourself? Yeah, um, 
I think your team's looking fairly solid there. There's not don't, not too much I change there. Obviously, you have the 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 conundrum a bit with Lamptey about what to do there. It kind of depends on how, whether you can afford to keep him or not. But uh, solid enough anyway. Um, I'm looking okay myself. I'm not hundred percent. I I have Ramsdale against Wolves, who I, I'm obviously going to keep. But I I don't know. I might see if there's a, a, a what the fixtures are like for that weekend. If I might be able to bring in someone else. Um. I then have Gabriel, uh, who might get dropped in favor of a uh, of a rotation, like that 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 spot is kind of, that's like my fifth defender role, so that's kind of open to rotation a little bit, so it's not nailed on. Uh, Cancelo will start. Yeah, again. You, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say you don't, you you don't want to always double an arse. No, and no. You have Rams there when you do really need it, so yeah, yeah. you can you can afford. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Uh, Cancelo will start against Brentford. Uh, Matip and Robertson will start against Leicester. Um, Bowen will start against Watford Madison will start against Liverpool Max Mann will start against Everton and Smith Rowe will start against Wolves and uh, I, I was hoping I actually I hope that Mahrez will be back for City he should be because Algeria got knocked out hmm. or at the group stages um, that he'll play but I kind of have Josh King and Richarlison in there for the moment because I'm I'm waiting to see if he'll play um, I the other two people I have my bench are, are are Salah and Thiago Silva, so Salah isn't been knocked out of the Afcon yet, unfortunately, and Thiago Silva is away on that um, Club World Cup as you mentioned. So, um, yeah, maybe one or two uh, free a- free agency pickups for the def- for the goalkeeper or defender spots, but other than that, I don't see much else going on. So, um, I reckon I should have just about enough, but Mitch is Mitch is a tough opponent, so. I have to make sure I don't take him lightly. Yeah, no, especially kind of you. You want to maybe kind of be like selective with your kind of waivers, just because you know you're going to be short the two of Thiago Silva and um, Salah. Salah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think Mitchell. I am um, just from as I'm playing him this week. He has um, Silva himself on his bench. Tank Lord. <laughs> ah, um, another another example, Steve. How you've kind of dodged a bullet in this game week, really. Yeah, no, um, this is my year of luck, and um, I'm really enjoying it so far. <laughs> As you should, uh, Long yeah. may it continue. Yeah, um, I can, a bit of potential breaking news from... It's a, an unreliable source. Um, is it Tyg? It's a... No, it's, ah, it's, it's more unreliable than that. It's Mark Gary. <laughs> uh, he has mentioned that Callum Chambers has signed for Aston Villa on a permanent deal. Uh, no link to accompany it, though, so... Um, just want to keep my journalistic integrity for the oh, pod. Oh, what? That's... They're Arsenal letting another defender go, although I suppose that kind of makes sense, but... I... We're, we're kind of... Centre-back is the one position we do Yeah, but he's been filling... Bodies. Hasn't he been filling in at right-back when because Tommy Asu's been injured and we don't really have a back... And Tavares and... See, he he filled in for like 10 minutes against Liverpool got injured, so it, it actually hasn't been him. Cedric did it. For a co- before he got injured, yeah, no, that, and that then chamber, that it was Ben White at the weekend. Oh, so, sorry, Mark Gary, for being um, for slandering you there, really. Um, but I'll do it again sometime. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's basically what this pod was created for. It's just giving slander to to people, like because you know, fuck it, why not? Um, like speaking of slander, I just I hope Owen just completely falls off a cliff and just. Starts going, come, turns into oblivion. I hope. Uh, I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you talking about? Are you talking about his team or him skiing? Because those are two different falling oh, off a cliff yeah. and oblivion. I really should have. I should have used my words better there. Because <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't fall off a cliff physically. I mean, in terms of fantasy football, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I wouldn't the, wish the him on him. the physical cliff. Yeah, yeah. Like I was just trying to give him shit, Steve. And now you're kind of making me backtrack here. So. Um, but like he's playing Mark Gary, and I don't know who, which one of them I'd rather lose. I, 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 is it possible for both of them to lose? I hope so. That'd be nice. Another, a, a draw would be lovely. Ah, uh, no, I prefer them both to lose. Actually, just deduct them three points each. That'd be that'd be the best way to do it. I, I think the draw would annoy them more than a double loss for some reason. Just, I, I think that's just the nature of draws and fantasy. Maybe, yeah, maybe. So look, I think that's kind of brought us to a natural conclusion. Um, thank you for for coming on, Steve, and being a guest here. It's been great having you on, and um, yeah, like if if 
if Owen decides not to come back, which you know I'm not ruling it out, I'll, I'll keep you on. I'll keep you on speed dial. Well, actually, I won't have to keep you on speed dial because you'll just be across the room, across the hall. Oi, Steve! Yeah, just Pause. yeah, I'll just shout at the. I'll just shout from my bed, and you'll you'll hear me, so you'll know what to do. Um, I yeah, that'll be good crack. Now I'm looking forward to that. All right. Um, but for our listeners, yeah. if you're looking to. Uh, get a bit more detail on what's going on in the league. You can do so with the link to the podcast in the podcast description to the the fan tracks league, where you can see all of our stats. Uh, if you want to get notifications of when the podcasts go live, you can follow us at at the FPL Jingle on Twitter, and there will be a link in our Discord where you can join in, and you'll also get notifications of when the podcasts go live, and there like just bit of bit of general chat about the pod and other sporting stuff going on in the world, which is always good crack. Um. And apart from that, uh, thank you for listening. And Steve, do you want to sign us off? Um, just one last word. Um, hopefully he's a listener. Uh, ben Foster, I hope you're feeling better. Uh, really looking forward to you to get at least playing 90 minutes and not conceding four. Woo! Bye now. <laughs>